Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh, and they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas, he get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we put him back in their f***ing houses for f***ing years. We're going to start with the Leinster final here. John Heslin is in studio. Actually, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Willie. So, Leinster final in Port Leash um, yesterday, and I was thinking of you during the match going, I wonder is John Heslin watching this? Because um, I'm sure it would probably bring up some bad memories for you. Yeah, I'm sure you were thinking of me, yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I was watching it, of course. Um, good game to be watching. But, of course, it, it would obviously always bring back those memories of our game. Um, against Moorfield there a couple of years ago yeah. but uh, yeah, it was an entertaining game we'll say yeah. no it was like I mean some people were saying it wasn't I, it's weird when I was at the match and I was right in front of a big kind of section of Ballyboden supporters and there was an even bigger section of Air Oak supporters down to the left and because they were cheering every turnover and everything it might not come across as much on television I found myself kind of you know enjoying the game and then you see on Twitter this is shite I'm turning away from this or whatever yeah. I don't know, just being at the game gives you a different kind of, you know, gives it a different complexion, I suppose. Yeah, well, sure, it's the atmosphere that, that, that's there as well, you know, and what's, on, what's at stake for each club. I think it was the, was it the only second time that Ballyboden won it? Yeah, second um, time ever, know, yeah. So, obviously, and then, without uh, doubt, they're all going to win it as well, but it, it means a lot to them. But what do people expect in December yeah. for football, like, you know, it's and, harsh, and the rain yeah. and everything like It's harsh that the Leinster final is the very last one, isn't it? Now, I don't know, like, you can't legislate for a storm coming, but I suppose it is December. It's, yeah. you know, um, the conditions just had or poxy, like, let's be honest. Yeah, I didn't see half of the game because I don't think the cameraman actually wiped the screen at all during the game. So <laughs> I just looked, I could see little uh, little pools of water. But um, no, it was, the conditions were tough. You could see like each team, they didn't, want to t- they didn't want to shoot. You could see the amount of turnovers and the amount of mistakes. But like in a roundabout way, that creates the entertainment anyway. 
um, you know, it's it's a lot different uh, playing that club game than a county game. Like, I don't think Michael Darren McCauley would have got away with so many flicks and tricks playing with Dublin, you know. I actually think he backheeled it at one stage too in Airog yeah, Man. He had like, a nightmare, you know? if we're being honest, <laughs> when he came on, because he gave away two balls that led to Airog uh, points. Um, he did one of them was that back heel. He had another free that he won, and he made some sort of a spock or whatever at a Aero player and got a thrown up. Do you know? So it was surprising he didn't start. He's carrying an injury, but I don't know. Like if Jim Gavin was Dublin manager, would he have tried that flick? Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think so. And I think that's what adds to the to the club game as well. That you know you're not you're not afraid to try these few things. And look, sometimes they come off. And uh, for Michael Darmacall yesterday, they didn't really come off. But he, look, he got a point. He hand passed a point over. Uh, I think to go eight six. I think he well that was the fi- that was the insurance. Score. You know, um, so he was there thereabouts. What a player to be able to bring on. You know, to be able to go that long. I think he came on in the fortieth minute to be able to go that long in the Leinster final and bring on that calibre of player is, is fairly good now yeah no there's no doubt like I mean like, listen we all know Michael Dara's qualities we know kicking wouldn't be his strongest uh, forte so when you see him trying to backheel the ball you know that this is a recipe for disaster um, he would have been under pressure but the William Egan equalising point like I can't stress how mu- enough what a brilliant score this was because William Egan had ballooned one wide just before that off his right foot in a much better position he was under a bit of pressure but it was at a stage of a game, 58 minute, where the build-up play had gone on for so long. It's like, if A-Rogue turned this over, the game's over. This is their last chance to get a shot off here. And Barry Bowden hadn't really been getting many shots off. And then he just pulled it out of the bag, number 18, after missing one. Like, you can't stress enough how brave that was. No, it was, it was incredible, in fairness, because I think the one he missed, I think Conal Keeney actually passed it off to him, and I was thinking that Conal Keeney's winding up here to shoot. A lovely left foot that he has. Yeah. And then your man ballooned it wide, and then, you know, he had the confidence and uh, under pressure and everything to, to slot the next one over, so it was a great score, especially given the conditions that we've mentioned already. It was, yeah. Because it's, it's hard for that ball to travel in the, in the cold weather as well, never mind the rain. You know, yeah, so. there's such a reluctance, a reluctance to shoot now isn't it so say there's an attack right and you get it down maybe you go by the foot now they did it very rarely yesterday obviously because probably the conditions but a man gets it one on one say you're in full forward for Westmead now you're closed down right so you try a shot try a dummy you get held up so now you're held up you're looking for support you pass it back the next fella might have a half chance of shooting he doesn't want to he pass it back out suddenly now this back out well outside the 45 and you have to go over and back and over and back like the move gone at that stage do you know are you you're nearly better off kicking a wide and nailing the kick out do you know what I mean than actually recycling all the way back out again yeah well that would be a fair point if you can nail the kick out but I think if you look at the stats within the GA the amount of top quality teams that retain their kick out it would be quite high that percentage so right, the chances yeah. of you um, winning their kick out are obviously reduced but I think it's also that mental impact as well because you know yourself you probably kicked a few more wides than I have and people <laughs> give out to you and that mental impact that it has on the team and the, their heads would drop after working so hard to get the turnover, working so hard to get it up the field because nowadays it's not two kicks, it's, it is a hand pass, it's, it's work rate to get it up the field and then for a, a drop short, which is worst of all, uh, or, and or a wide, it, it'll be, it's just that mental impact but I'd be in favour of having the shot of course, that's uh, forward in there. <laughs> well of course you would, so then like I mean, uh, your heart would go out to Aero because I thought Aero mm. were gone at half time, I thought Bally Bowden controlled the game against the wind, both teams actually controlled the game, were better against the wind and they had it, they absolutely had it, almost like yourselves in mm. when, two, two, three years ago, you yeah. had it, even more so, even more so and for yeah. it just to slip it from your fingers like that I don't know how, how that must feel yeah and look um, I suppose bringing back a few memories for me now like you know it's it's 
while it doesn't sound the best thing to say to be saying it's great to be involved in such a game but that that's what makes sport what it is and that's why we all get so involved in it um, you know I've been involved in winning sides that have won in a similar fashion um, so unfortunately I have to be on the opposite end but back to back to yesterday's game you know I think that it was very much a stalemate I think it was, what was it, 15 minutes it could have been before anyone got a score and next thing they all got three and a half you know they, their, their tails were up and you know Gannon really was to the fore for that as he was for the whole lot of the game but um, you know they just dug deep and it was it's eight six like it's about keeping possession and it comes back to your your comment about kicking the wide you know the team that made mes- less mistakes the old cliche um, get on top but uh, look could could Colin Bascal had a penalty when he had a had a shot and goal with his arm pulled a little uh, bit you'd say yes yeah, yeah you definitely say yes I don't think there was a penalty yeah, in that no, I think he was like it would have been a soft penalty against yeah. the wind I thought he would have put that away actually yeah uh, he was Bascal. in for goal and there was actually another one in the second half where he had it was as if the Aerog defence were playing an offside and they kind of pushed out and now I don't know if there's anyone behind him but he didn't get that slip pass and he was in for another goal but the one he hand passed over the bar was a great score in the second half because he went along the outside there, right? You know when you go along the outside, at some point you have to cut in along mm. the end line and you're going to get nailed. But he braced himself for that hit and yeah. he was able to ride it and get, get the hand pass over the bar. I thought that was a very impressive score. Yeah, and, and important as we, as we know each one of them yesterday. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Too. Well, Ryan Baskell, obviously, I don't know, I don't think Brian Baskell would have got that point if they hadn't have been a draw if it hadn't been a draw at the time. You know, well, it's hard to know now. Yeah. And like, I mean, that was a brilliant score as well. But Egan's was much more impressive in that 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 was game over. If that, I think, if that didn't go over, yeah. and I, the Michael Dara's point was just the game was done at that stage. Airog had pushed so many players up to try and win the ball back that that was you know I, yeah. I, I would I would even discount it was a hand pass point anyways I would discount that <laughs> you're, anyways you've been very harsh on poor Michael Dara <laughs> but back to uh, uh, Ryan Baskell's one I thought that was uh, impressive actually because he actually missed a free just beforehand and did he, do you know what he did he ran down his own clock for that free do yeah, you remember that doing he started the gloves and, you he's know. a point down yeah. and it's not an easy free there no. So I would have been, like, he wasted so much time over that free. Yeah, he wasted a lot of time. And, you know, I, I played with Ryan in UCD, so we were at home kind of urging him on, hoping that he kicked it, you know, but he, he, he obviously pulled it short the near side. But to go then and attempt that one where he did, it just, yeah. it just you know, it, it's a quality forward that can do that, but for a free taker to do it, because, you know, he put, obviously put the miss out of his head and, and, and kicked that next yeah. one, like, you know, so I thought it was... As the, as the father says to me at home yesterday after the game, and then goes and kicks a wide on his own side, <laughs> which is a huge pet hate of his. Um, how good is Ryan compared to Colm? Oh, tough question, yeah. It's Seeing a, as his buddy of yours, I'm just after throwing <laughs> well, that well, at Well, I, I played with the two of them. One is Sigerson with Colm, but uh, Colm was a little bit younger at the time. But, you know, he was he was remarkable then as well. Like, he had the speed. Like, he's just, he's that he kind has, of pace. Yeah. Um, just taking on a player he's an exciting player to watch yeah, isn't he, he Colin? Is. look the two of them the two of them had a lot to that Ballyboden attack obviously like you know um, I think Ryan um, Ryan has developed a lot more in recent years as well like he's grown right. into his own there and he's, he really is leading Ballyboden um, but they're, look they're two two different players that I, I wouldn't like to compare and contrast really ok ok we'll have to give Vairog a, a mention like I said they looked completely gone at half time and I, I don't know how both player how both teams performed as well as they did against the win. We know Airog liked the counter attack, and I was saying yesterday when a when a team who likes the counter attack has a strong wind and it's up to them to dictate the game. It 
it doesn't it's not natural for them you know they're mm-hmm. more of a sit back and and they're very good on the counter attack in fairness to them I think against the wind weirdly suited them much better because Ballyboden had to force it a bit more yeah and it's it's psychological as well that they know that they have to work that bit harder because they're against the wind but yeah. as you said they're playing to their attributes they're used to counter attacking yesterday wasn't a day for kick passing anyway um you know well it didn't seem to be anyway um, and yeah. from the mistakes that were made so yeah it's it's it often does suit the suit the team that's uh Playing that sort of way. Yeah, they break very they break very well here, Rogue, in fairness. And we'll talk about some of you mentioned Sean Gannon, he was outstanding. We'll mention some of their uh, players in performance of the weekend because uh, they're really good their manager Joe Murphy who talks an awful lot of sense he was on the show here last Thursday he was kind of magnanim- magnanimous in defeat and he was talking about you know that they'll get over it very quickly and that the, 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 it's all about inspiring the young Aerog children to you know to play and to want to play senior and stuff and you know it, you know very mature stuff to say after it, the game slipping away from them as it did but if a performance like that in a Leicester final, putting it up to Ballyboden the way they did and arguably absolutely deserved a draw, if that doesn't inspire the children in Aeroog, then, you know, nothing will. Yeah, of course it will. Sure, look, the history that Aeroog have, that's that's what's uh, inspired these lads that are currently playing because they have, you might know better than I, how many Leinster championships they've 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 won in the past, but they've won yeah, plenty. They've five. Of, they won five in the 90s, yeah, yeah five so in seven years. Success breeds success, you know. Yeah, no, it definitely does. We'll leave it there, uh, John, because Conal Keeney is after joining us on the line. Conal, how's it going? You don't make it easy on yourselves anyways. No, it was, uh, it was a tough one, that's for sure, but... Look, uh, in fr- fairness, Arrow, they didn't die. Uh, you know, I suppose to be honest, we were expecting with the breeze to probably kick on a bit at half time and kick a few scores with the with the win, but uh, just didn't happen. They were really, really dogged and they stuck to their game plan, and it just didn't happen. And uh, we were actually very, very lucky to get away with it in the end. Well, you must. Have th- did you think the game was gone away from you? I know, and I'm not just talking about Leinster finals, but against Nafina this year, against St. Jude's this year, you have a habit, um, Ballyboden. Remember Clonmel commercials? You were gone in that game too. As a club, you seem to have a habit of not, you know, accepting defeat. Uh, yeah, I suppose you could probably you could say that. Like, but I think it's the lads themselves, uh, like individually, they're so well driven. Like that, they it's the next, it's the next ball all the time. I know we say like, but the lads coming on made a huge difference, and they, they just believe in the process. They believe in what we're doing, and, and this just seems to always just eke out results, and, and not just in championship, but in, in a lot of league games this year as well, and, and even in past years. Uh, against Port Lee, against yourselves in the Leicester final a couple of years ago, and against Clamell as well, and it's just it's a, we stick what we stick to what we know, and it seems to always work. So yeah. I think they really, really get a lot of a lot of confidence out of that, and the lads coming off the bench make a huge, huge difference every time. Talking about the man coming off the bench, Warren Egan's point was uh, sensational. We talked about this here in the studio and it was the, the pressure that was on him to take on a shot there because I don't think anybody wanted to try that because the move, ha- like the, it, there was a lot of hand passes involved and it's like if Aero turned this over, that, game's, that game is pretty much finished at that stage. Yeah, like it is difficult, yeah, it, it is difficult at the end. Like a lot of balls go over and back, over and back. A lot of hand passing, and a lot of lads. The easy thing is to pass it off. And to be fair to Warren, he's played all the games all year. He probably could have. It was an argument for him to, to start the last day, and I'd say probably I ahead of him. And it just shows the, the, the resolve that he has after kicking a bad wide. You could say, you know, he didn't. He didn't have the what. You could say he didn't have to go for it, to go for that, like even the, the ball to go for it. But it just showed that that's 
he went for it, he got it, and the same with Ryan. He went, shot a couple of frees, and he, and he got the winner. And the resolve in the lads and, and the belief that they have in themselves, it, 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 it is incredible, like in fairness. Uh, and you have to give them a lot of credit for that. And not just today, but in every single game, you know, they're so dedicated to what, what they believe in. And uh, not just the game plan, it's, the, it's outside the game, and, and, and they go into so much detail about other teams. and and their dodge and everything. Uh, and I suppose yesterday, it just, it, it really came to the fore and credit to the whole lot of, the whole lot of the panel and the management that for instilling that. And um, it, it's not easy at the time. You know, nobody wants to be the one to hit it wide. And, uh, it takes a bit of balls to do that. And he had us. Yeah. There wasn't that many shots on goals. Like, I mean, I thought Airog in the first half, I think they only had maybe four shots. Three of them were points and then one into the goalkeeper's hands. And I thought you'd push on well in the second half because you were both doing well on the opposition's kickouts. It's just they weren't, they didn't have to kick it out all that often because there wasn't many shots going in. Yeah, I think yeah, at times we were, probably, we were getting possession and coming forward with it and probably doing the wrong thing or, or bouncing or trying to kick past when it wasn't really on and we're getting dispossessed or, or losing possession and they were breaking really hard and only from our full back line between Bob and Carl and, and, and Shane like they were immense uh, yesterday and uh, every time they seem to go they're all going attacking they just need to get dispossessed um, and they've been doing that all year like that's not just yesterday like it's just incredible the, the work that they put in and the pace that they have in the back Um and like Bob didn't even start the start of the championship for this year. He was a sub. Like, so that's just the strength and depth that we have. Right, right, exactly. And I have to, have to say the referee contributed to it. It wasn't that easy win a free off him anyways. No, no. We had him before uh, and we knew what he was like. He, he likes to dominate the games and, and show who's the, who's the boss. But look, in fairness, he, he refereed it very well yesterday. I thought um, he did, yeah. They were looking for some easy frees, which a lot of refs would have went for, like, in those conditions um, and considering that they were the so-called underdogs coming in and um, in fairness I thought he did actually very well yesterday he did he did there was a lot of freeze a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, uh, you know challenges like a back and a forward coming out and maybe the back putting a hand in to slap it away they're often given as freeze they're not really freeze but a lot of referees take the easy option and give that yeah especially in the conditions yesterday it was the easy thing when the lad goes to the ground to give him a free but you have to give them credit. Uh, a lot of times, maybe the, the Carroll lads were like looking for the freeze when it wasn't really on, and, and our backs were very physical, uh, but fairly physical. And they, they, uh, they just a lot of times just play on, and, and uh, fair play to the ref for, for doing that. Uh, yeah. It wasn't the popular decision at the time. The crowd were absolutely going mad, but um, no, look, credit where it's due. In fairness, he did very well. Come here, you giving Michael Dara stick for that back heel? Yeah, I don't know what he was at. I don't know what he was at. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was an old traveller or something, but uh, what's the time of place for that? Well, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Look, we-, we got away with it, but he says there was someone there, but only an arrow glad he was passing. To- he, look, he connected unbelievably well with it. Too well, great yeah. If it came yeah. off. No, but- he, he connected too well. That was, There was somebody there. He just, he just, he connected too well and it went way further than he had planned, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know he had that in his, uh, in his locker to do that, <laughs> but uh, look... He, he, look, he has to try these things, and Mick is the kind of fellow that will try whatever, whatever he thinks is right at the time. But uh, look, we obviously they went up and made an attack after. Don't think they got a score out of it. But uh, I prefer him to go down on the ball and pick it up, and, and that's in the old school. But uh, 
look, it wasn't a thing to do at the time, but look, we got away with it and sure it's all forgotten about when you win. Well, well that's exactly it. We were saying here on the show that it's easy to know Jim Gavin has retired from Dublin manager to when you when they can <laughs> when they can start trying that. Yeah, well he was trying that one, there was not there's no manager name, so he's thinking he wants but uh, no look. Uh, Mick is, is seriously talented and he, he, he probably thought in his own mind he deserved to start and he made a big difference when he came on and was it the right thing to do? Jesus, I'm not sure at that stage of the game I don't think it was but uh, that's the only like uh, that's the only kind of life that Mick would try that no, I don't think anyone else would have tried that Yeah, no exactly Come here, you must have been delighted with your own performance because like a point in the first half from play when they were you know very scarce and then a really good one in the second half as well especially when you missed the semi-final and the final because of an injury to get back in there and play as well as you did it must have been a nice feeling Ah, look, it was. To be honest with you, I, I, I've trained really hard the last couple of weeks to try and get in, and I was really disappointed. I did play a start against uh, uh, in the semi final, but uh, look, that's just the way it is. It's, it's really difficult to get into this team, and you know, when you're when you're when you really get picked, there's only more pressure on you. You're really looking. It's the same as if the county are looking. If you don't do something good in the first ten minutes, you're looking at the line going, "Who the who the hell is warming up to take me off?" So. When, the, when you score a point or whatever and do something well you, the pressure comes off you so look I was happy-ish but um, again I was disappointed to be taken off but maybe that's just me I, I thought I had more in the tank but that's the way it goes and, 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 he, and look they were proven right and being on fresh legs and that's the way it is now and um, young lads will come on and do the business and that's what happens Yeah maybe that's it yeah but like I mean it was, I suppose your ability to kick long range scores with the wind I thought I would have I would have left you on but anyways I saw you having a word with Rainbow it's funny with Rainbow Rainbow stay, stayed playing till he was about 38 as well so he obviously knows the idea of being taken off when you get into your <laughs> well into your 30s um, maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe you were coming off before that game ever even started uh, I don't know, I don't know. Look, I've my own theories on that, but uh, <laughs> that. look, it's, uh, yeah, maybe he's right. Like, well, look, he is right. He is right. Look, we won the game at the end of the day, and uh, look, I would have backed myself to to get a couple of scores near the end if that came if that came about, but it didn't. So that's the way it is, and I, I have to obviously prove myself again. We have a league final Tuesday week. I have to try and get get in the team for that and, and keep playing well, because otherwise, there's some other lad that wants wants the jersey and. I think that's the way it is and that's healthy too you know yeah. and I think you should be disappointed when you're not playing um, maybe not bring it to the day of the game but uh, I was fiercely disappointed in not playing a lot of the games up to this but that's the way it is and you just have to get on with it there's no point sitting there with a, with a big thick head in you you know you have to do the best thing for the squad and Anthony's always preaching it's about the 30 it's not about the, the, the team or the, the 15 that starts for the lads that come on and, and there again on uh, yesterday the lads that come on did the business like they wouldn't have won it without the lads pushing on yeah no definitely not come here where's the celebrations out around there where do you where do you where do you go do you have, do you have a clubhouse out there or what, where, where do you where, where uh, yeah we were in the club yesterday we were in the club probably uh, later on this evening and uh We'll be down in the orchard, we'll be down in the revel, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it going wherever there's a free bar, we'll go, you know yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, come here, I'll let you back to a corner. Thanks for giving us your time there. No bother. Okay, cheers, Tom. All right, great stuff from Connell there. That's actually two 
GER pundits Conal Keeney and Paddy Stapleton that have won provincial titles this year so not bad going there from, from our stable what, what do you bring into the table <laughs> a five aside in Portalese maybe junior next year <laughs> junior county title I'm going for next year I'm going down to junior I want to ma- I want to find a team I can get on that's when you get to my age that's what you have to do um, <laughs> Matt Oak Rangers beat Mullinavat on Saturday we're going to talk to Adrian Reid who's their captain um, in performance of the weekend I didn't I, like Maddox Rangers it was a it was a surprise for me that they were even at intermediate because during the noughties when I would have been playing a lot of all my club football pretty much um, they were the big club in in Loud they won four in the noughties and now they're back down went or relegated in 2015 and struggled to get back out of it they're a little village um, Adrian said and it was uh, referenced that in his speech and then I was thinking it's almost like it's the year of the village teams Boris Ali won the Munster Hurling Maddox Rangers obviously won the intermediate football Temple no I'm not sure it even called that a village it's just a church they don't, <laughs> even ha- they don't even have a national school they won the intermediate football in Munster Kilku there's only sheep mm, up there yeah, they, yeah. Won, they won the Ulster Senior then you have Tullerone winning the intermediate hurling um, you have Corrafin yeah you would say Corrafin is a village you know they're in the mix as well I don't know what it is about village teams uh, John is it a community spirit you're a townie like me you don't know anything about no, it no no you haven't done your research on me I'm no, I'm no townie I'm living out living out in the country um, there would be but you're uh, playing with a town club playing with a town club oh, yeah. but uh, so you're yeah. an outsider in there you don't, you, 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 you're trying to bring this village mentality into a town team yeah I don't know I don't know well I've been driving the tractor to train as much as I can and that doesn't <laughs> seem to work so I'm going back to the car but look we're actually quite lucky that we have a, a good balance of country and lads from the town um, but I actually played a lot in Hurling with Castletown Gagan which is a, a country club and they would be Malachies in football oh, yeah. and um, so I would have been brought up in that kind of community spirit but it's So what do you see as the difference of that then because I always fascinated by this because Portlaoise we could never replicate what they had with, with that kind like the crowd would be going ballistic yeah, and yeah, we'd have yeah. nobody at our coming to support us and it's just when they get their tails up they seem to have some sort of a community spirit a town team can never have that No it's funny and we look we have it in Westmead I, I must I give a shout out to Rosemont because while I don't like playing them because of the amount of supporters that they bring I envy them for it as well because yeah. they lit- I don't do not think they leave anybody in the village when they're playing like you know <laughs> Um, but what is it I suppose that they've gone to school grown up I know the lads that I played hurling with out in Castletown Gagan they all went to school together they know each other from a young age and they're literally playing football and hurling together right the whole way up yeah. and like, the likes of those villages there that you mentioned I presume that you know they have a good crop of people coming through at that particular time they have a lot of people volunteering and ensuring giving the best that they can to the young lads as they're growing up and then they come into senior and it's been put on a plate for them there and they've enjoyed it the whole way up and luckily enough they haven't had too many uh, people go away for travel or work etc etc and they've managed to hold on to them but I think that what you've just mentioned is part of a bigger picture with the whole GA fixtures and the importance of the club um, because we can see like I, I went to do a medal presentation in Westmead this year and the same place two years ago and there's five, six clubs joined together um, that wouldn't have been in the past yeah. that parents people who were born there have gone uh, moved into towns maybe moved into the city in Dublin and they're, they're not living there anymore just surely jobs um, amenities etc etc and you know we see the importance of it here of having people in rural Ireland and what they're bringing to the community because you've just mentioned so many so many clubs there that people will actually have those victories down as one of the greatest days 
of their lives like you know yeah. it's funny what it brings to and it's to true us. like a lot of these when we're looking at these villages uh Matic Rangers Temple No Tullerone they're intermediate champions mm. do you know what I mean we're yeah. not we're not I'm not overblowing this and saying that the, it's a takeover of villages but I don't know what the GA can do about you know rural Ireland that's a societal issue and that's I, like, what I mean what it's part of a bigger they, picture yeah what plan could picture, they have right? even yeah, to fix yeah. this you know yeah. Um, Give Westmead more funding. That's what I'd say. Now is the best thing to do for that. No, it's but all, it is. It's all Dublin's fault. They're <laughs> taking all the money. Well, now that they're talking about it, no, it's it, it is part of a bigger picture. But like the the point is, is just what GA brings to p- people's lives, you know. And you've mentioned there intermediate teams winning. Tommy Walsh saying that his victory there was up there, if not better than some yeah. of his Kilkenny victories. Like you know, and when we talk about the intercounty and we don't want a tier championship, we don't want this, we don't want that. Like the success and the happiness that have brought to so many lives within those. And I know for myself, when you're playing with the club, albeit these there were senior championships I was involved in, but it wouldn't have mattered if it was intermediate, whatever our level was. Yeah. Had we won that, it would have been just as special, you know. Well, let's say, and even Boris Ali, now that you mention it, Brendan Maher and Dan McCormick, he was saying where they were talking and they were saying that winning, was it the county title or the, I think the provincial, I think it could have been the county title beats anything that they would tip. Now, they've won all Ireland. Yeah. And I'm like, they, you hear players saying this and sometimes I think it's the easier thing to say and I'm like how could that trump an All-Ireland you know like, maybe it's because I've won county titles and I've never won an all you always want what you've never had you know yeah, that course, kind of yeah. way I suppose well, I can't make the comment on, on any All-Ireland unfortunately a college one but uh, none at inter county level but the victory we had in 2013 it was the first time Lomans won a senior championship for 50 years it was 50 years to the day that's massive and yeah. it, was, it was unbelievable and a club legend had passed away earlier that year and it just, it was so special to everybody. We had fireworks going off and never, never forget it. And, you know, it's just, it, it is very special. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. All right, we'll take a break um, here, John, and we'll come back with some more news. Dear, great to finally get the interview, yeah? Oh, really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why is it great? Why do you not do many interviews? I don't know, really. Um, I've been asked to do a whole while. Really? Yeah. Have you ever rang me? And we, I know we spoke about the defensive side of things. If you're coming in and you want to be, if you want to be the Woolly Parkinson and and just play for myself and an in, in intercounty corner forward isn't just hatching inside either. He's, no, you know, no. He's, yeah, unfortunately for you, Woolly, it won't last forever. You can ask ex-players that. You can ask your, you know that yourself, Woolly. Yeah. Um, Mine never started at yeah, all. Well, <laughs> that's, that's neither here nor there. So in a huge news of the weekend, uh, John, Westmead beat Wexford <laughs> on Saturday. I wasn't sure now, what you were coming I have there. to tell you that I, I do not. This is the first time I've ever commented on a, a, a pre-season tournament. I just ignore them. I pretend they're not even happening. But since you're in here, well, number one, the reason I mention it is because I didn't see your name popping up anywhere. And this time last year, you put your feet up and took a couple of months <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, all the lads keep reminding me about that one in training now, in fairness. So I'm sure you're getting slagging. This time last year, you ha- you're like eating biscuits and drinking your cup of tea on a Tuesday night and you went back when the hard training was over. Yeah. This year, are you back doing the hard training or what's your story? Yeah, I'm back doing the hard training. And it's funny you mentioned that it was the first time you uh, commented on a pre competition. I think I made my debut for Westmead in the Auburn Cup only two years ago because I was playing with UCD the whole time before that. So really? I never, yeah, I'd never played Auburn Cup before that. But uh, no, I'm back training now. Yeah, we're back maybe two or three weeks, and the lads are back just maybe a couple of weeks longer than that because we got to the county final. So you're allowed an extra little two weeks off. 
Um, but no, back training hard. I just I was away at the weekend. I had already plans made for the weekend. So right, I wasn't there. Okay, and like I mean, do you think taking that break affected your year last year? Like, don't take this the wrong way or anything. But I don't think you had your best ever yeah, year. Yeah, no, I'm, I've Jersey. actually just taken that the wrong way. And if, <laughs> if it's possible for me to walk out and slam the door in the middle of podcast, I would do that. But no, yeah, you're probably right. Look, I had to. Uh, I take a couple months off. I was finishing a finishing a PhD and trying yeah, so to. So that work, dragged work across it as well, right? Yeah. 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 So. Um, I had to had to finish that and look I, I weighed up the options of when I could complete it the deadline was the 10th of May and uh, I knew I had a certain amount of work to get done before I could commit back to Westmead so when March came I talked to Jack and I felt that I was going to hit that deadline so I could go back in and train okay, um, and, and play but yeah I didn't have that hard graft of a, of a pre-season done and most years before that I would have either played with Lomans right up until October, November even December um, or played at UCD so you're always kind of playing active and getting ready for the inter-county season but uh, last year that didn't happen you missed those couple of hard months training and everybody knows that you have to put in the hard graft um, to enable yourself to, to perform in, in, at match day like you know yeah. so definitely it would, it would have affected it yeah and look um, for the club then as, you, as the season went on I got more and more time into the legs and you started playing playing a little bit better towards the, towards the end of the summer like you know but probably okay. for the county m- might have affected it a bit right yeah. okay so like I mean you mentioned UCD um, and you tweeted you've, you graduated you tweeted was it two weeks ago when you when last you graduated? Thursday last, only Thursday. last yeah, week yeah. so a total of 10 years in UCD a long enjoyable road graduation complete so my question to you is how many years did you fail to be in UCD <laughs> for 10 years <laughs> no thank Thankfully, thankfully, I didn't. Uh, I didn't fail any years. I took a year out um, in between the undergrad to go to Australia and trim hand at uh, AFL, and then I came back. And the PhD then was five years because I five years. Yeah, because I. Uh, I took two jobs in between it as well, so I started working with Chagas, um, and then I'm working with MSD Animal Health now out in Leperstown. So I took that job about nearly two years ago now, and that's what kind of PhD can range from three to eight years, but right. usually it's around around four years. Oh, so the last two years you were working while working while, while doing, doing it. it. So that's why that's why I had to kind of take a bit of a break last year because I was working and trying to do the PhD in the evenings, like you know, right, so right, was, okay, and obviously drink the tea and eat the biscuits that you mentioned <laughs> as well. Like, so. Listen, uh, what do you make of the the competitions going on in in December? Anyways, like I mean, I know you want you're giving it the commitment this year, but like, uh, when did Westmead go back training? For example, if you're starting at the start of mm. December, like you don't want to go out in these competitive games and look unfit. So, like you must every county, not just Westmead, you must be starting maybe mid October. Would that be fair to say? I'm not sure. Is there a rule that I have to apply? No, there isn't a rule. No, they're going to bring in first. <laughs> I'm not gonna th- no, they're going to bring in first of December rule. Yeah. This uh, task force. Has recommended that yeah. how they can enforce it, but you're not give, you're not breaking. Yeah. You're not going to get Jack Cooney in trouble because no. <laughs> I want to play this year. So if I got Jack <laughs> in trouble, he'd put me on the bench or not even in the twenty six. But I think uh, I think some lads started going back um, maybe mid October, end of October. But like some of those lads that went back in might have been out in, out of club championships since August. So if you think about that as an off season in terms of elite sport, it's long enough. Um, you know, to get back in and start doing some bit of Something, training, yeah. moving the legs, because no matter what you do, you're never training as hard as you are with the lads or with the team. Um, so then it, it, it was kind of staggered for us in Westmead that depending on when you were knocked out or depending on how many years you've played, it, it's kind of a mix of both because uh, new lads coming in might have to learn some of the lifts you might be doing in the gym or get extra extra miles into the legs and things like that. So in fairness to Jack and John Angle and Wolfhound, uh, who was our strength and conditioning coach, they would have that approach, um, and and Liam Heaven and DBC Physio as well. They would work quite closely together, 
um, work with the individual then and who needs to come back at what stage. But we're all fairly back in there now. Um, obviously, the Gary Castle lads aren't in yet. Um, but what do I think about the, the, the pre-season competitions? I think, like, you know, you need a pre-season um, like everyone needs a pre-season you, know? you need the training and then in terms of the game I think I'd rather be playing an Auburn Cup game rather than playing a challenge game um, and I think um, to give some you know respect to new people coming onto the panel to try and stake their claim to get a starting position um, they would want to be playing an Auburn Cup game as well because if you know if you have that challenge or a, this is only a friendly attitude to a game which I've never played any friendly game um, but you know the Auburn Cup game gives those guys a platform to impress and you know then you're coming into the first round of the league and the league has changed over the last number of years that it's not just you know a warm up for the championship it's yeah. a main it's a main competition yeah, and yeah. for the majority of counties around the country that is their be all and end all so you, you know? can't you're saying you can't try lads out in that no well but, to an extent and not as many yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. but can it be fair sometimes i find with a burn cup in eight fellas could get a run and they're not really playing on a good Westmeath. You know, are they really getting a good chance there? Or would, you know, two of them be better off getting a game every league game? You know, where they're playing with you and playing with, you know, Martin and these... Di- di- yeah, yeah. well, you said they're not playing playing with a good Westmeath team. Westmeath team... No, you get me. Was, yeah, I do. I, I understand, yeah. But it was a good team. Uh, it was a decent and, team they picked, yeah. yeah. And uh, some of the young lads that, that played, played, played very well. And uh, then now this weekend when we play Mead... There might be a few changes, other lads given a chance, maybe some of the older lads come back in as well. But we, ha- we had some, uh, some stronger lads playing, that, that, we'll say not sorry, stronger lads, say more experienced, experienced lads, lads who've had more years playing, correct, yeah. Um, but no, I hear, you, I hear you, because I know back when I was making my first few games, I would have been of that same, same mentality. Let me, let me try and play with the lads who've been around, who, who know how to, to play these games, and let me have a little cameo role then on the side, because they're yeah. doing all the hard work, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Being with lads that, yeah, exactly, you'd like to... You'd like to be on the strongest team with maybe two lads getting a go, you know, and being yeah. in around a good team. And then you're probably going to have a better chance of winning and be in control. And if you're in the forward, you're getting more ball. All, more these, ball. all those yeah, things. Like, exactly. Imagine having like an experimental midfield and you're getting your shot in full forward and you can't get it on. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't get ball. That's difficult. Paul Cody, the Carlo hurler, was tweeting about this. Um, he was saying, find things hard to explain in life, but playing 2020 Walsh Burn Cup games on the 7th, 8th of December um, is a fucking mystery to me. He says, pointless and mixed. County teams go back training earlier. Little or no downtime for the GA players now. Not good for bodies or minds. Now, he's Mount Leinster Rangers who would have been playing up to a county final stage. So I can see his point. It's a very hard one to get wrong and I do take your point. I remember Leash players, I'd always be late with Port Leash and you'd love a break and you don't get it. And then you're right, there's another, other club lads have been sitting idle since the end of June, early July. So, you know, it's hard. you need a manager who's going to maybe just get those lads back in training. You know, and good managers are probably doing that right now anyways. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, the inter- inter-county level now has become very much individualised within a team. You know, because there's some lads that can do certain training. They might be able to play on a certain surface. Other lads might be able to train on natural turf, for example. Some lads might be able to do lifts in the gym that won't affect their body. They've been doing them for years, etc., etc. And you really have to manage it that way. I know I can understand Paul's frustration there because, look, if we look at the fixtures as a whole, there's so much to cram in in 12 months from inter-county level to club level, uh, senior, intermediate, junior, hurling of football, uh, colleges games. There's just so much to cram in and it's a real, it is a real issue that the GA have to look at. But 
I, I would ask for, rather than point a finger, ask for a solution there. What What is his other alternative? Because if yeah. we pushed it all scrapped back... Scrapped him. My answer is to scrap them. You see, yeah. You like them. But I think, I don't think there's much wrong with a challenge game or two, like, you know, and try lads out in challenge games. Let's be honest, a challenge game to an inexperienced player is still a pretty big deal. I remember my first ever challenge game with seen it. I was nervous for this. Like, I mean, remember even when I went back when I was 32, we played in a Burn Cup game and I was nervous for that. It depends... Like a challenge game is still, and another thing I always say: every manager in a, in a county knows the lads who are good enough to play in their county. I don't know, like who who down through the years can you remember without naming names, even count how many players you've said, "Geez, without that a burn cup game, we wouldn't have discovered that lad." <laughs> we wouldn't, you know what I mean? Well, 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 I'm sure there are managers out there who who would say it. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. from a player's perspective. I'm Everybody not, knows we, the good players, though. Like, no, burn cup isn't going to just go. Jesus, I yeah. never knew that lad was good enough. And then he could have been good enough in that one game. And if you didn't think, well, I never thought he had it in. Then he plays a league game and he mightn't be good enough. You know? Yeah. I know. I look. I hear you. I do. I hear you. And I can see what you mean. And I can. I can see the the alternative opinion there for for scrapping them per se. But you do need pre-season competitive games it's just timing them I think in terms of when to, when to play them um, as Paul Cody said there you know playing them in 2019 is probably not the answer um, but how do you fit them in around the league it's uh, look they do it in Australia I think they have the NAB Cup I think they still have the NAB Cup um, pre-season competition before the before the main season comes in but that's coming into a, a you know it could be 18 league 18 game league whereas we're coming into a, a league campaign that's very very short actually in very few games if you think about it in terms of the context of, yeah. of competitions, like seven seven games in in better news for Mayo. So Mayo has <laughs> Mayo haven't been having a good time of it of late. Um, so we know all the the Tim O'Leary controversy and the county board um, and all that. But Keir McDonald has joined the Mayo backroom team, and this was mooted last mm. year. This was supposed to happen last year, and something must have happened. So it was a statement from James Horn. He says, "I'm really delighted to welcome Kieran into the support team of Mayo GEA." Uh, maybe that's what the backroom team is called now, support team. He brings a wealth of experience, vision and skill to our coaching setup. And this will also fit in very well with the development phase we are currently in with the senior squad. So that's good news. Like, I don't know what kind of a coach Kieran MacDonald, like he's a brilliant name to have involved in it. Again, some players are cut out for coaching, others aren't. He's a quiet enough sort of fella. So like, I mean, you know, I'll wait to hear how good he is at it rather but still having him associated with the squad it can't be a, cannot be a bad thing No I'd say it'd be, I'd say it'd be a positive um, as you said there it'd be interesting to see how good of a coach he is per se but even even from a forward's perspective if if Kieran McDonald was to come into the Westmead dressing room and say something to me there you know I'd be all ears because of watching him for years and seeing what he could do yeah. he must be able to share some sort of insight of, of how to do it you know and even if you know, the manager was was relaying the message to Kieran McDonald to let the forwards know. Well, then that's that's smart, smart coaching there. But, you know, yeah. But the thing about it is, Kieran McDonald was a number eleven, brilliant. Now thirteen at the start, but he made his biggest name with the corn rolls as a number eleven. There's no such thing as a number eleven anymore in the traditional sense, is there? Because you play there and like you're sucked w- well back into the into the back line and that playmaking centre forward, Brian McGuigan, Kieran McDonald, that kind of Alan Brogan did it. That that's not really there anymore, is it? Well, I would say it is there to an extent. They're probably the the role within the team maybe have changed and, and you know they've had to adapt to that as well. But I I think that there is a need for for a, a playmaker, whether you say he's eleven or wherever he is, but he's in around that centre position. But it depends what way they set up the team to allow for that. Do yeah. Mayo have a, a type of player like that anyway is a question, um, that playmaker type. But look, it depends if, you know, it's what way the manager sets up. Every inter-county manager seems to set up a, a particular way anyway. 
but if they had a special player to play number 11 to set it up well then I think that they could do that like yeah no definitely Mac- ah look look listen having him in there even for the inside forwards like I mean yeah. with, with movement and stuff like that I'm sure he will be good but I still I think he was just a special player that just did stuff off the cuff but you know whether you can teach that to someone who's not as good as you like mm-hmm. I mean the, a wand of a left foot how can you <laughs> like I, if he tried to tell me to do something Kieran, I can't do it no, like yeah, the way you definitely do. <laughs> if he tried to tell you to do something, let's be yeah, honest. No, I'm no. my left now, I'm my left. You know, I hope you're not talking about my right. No, that, your for, right is a wand. Well, really right. Why is it that right-footed players are never told they have a wand, whereas left-footed players <laughs> have a wand? I don't know, that's a good point. You must find out. Put out on a poll on Twitter or something to find out. So I mentioned Tim O'Leary, right? So he was on mm. Twitter last night and... Um, so the talk is the Mayo County Board have countered his threat of legal action with legal action of their own. So he's gone public now. So all he ever wanted was receipt. He gave 150000 to the Mayo County Board and he wanted under the stipulation that they use that. James Horan got, got that money. Now he should have given it to James Horan straight and it was spent on the senior team to help them, you know, compete with Dublin financially. Just this was to be go to the senior football team. So he wants receipts for that. He doesn't think that was spent the way he wanted it spent. Um, he wants receipts for the uh, for the 150,000. So he tweeted out some of the receipts last night. Like, you'd actually laugh out loud looking at this. It's crazy stuff. And uh, one receipt was a food receipt uh, for 62 euros, which probably you could say was a, a genuine receipt. But 62, you want a good few more of these now <laughs> to make up your 150 grand. So it was like peppermint tea was on it, walnuts were on it, low-fat hummus, all the... Now, you could say, right, this was maybe after training and the players wanted some sort of nuts or whatever it was. That yeah. I, you, you could say that was spent on the senior team, but it was only 62, 62, uh, 62 euros. There was another one for a dietitian for 550 um, euros. And... Uh, Unfortunately, that was dated from the 6th of March 2017 when he gave his 150,000 in 2018. And there was another one for curtains, <laughs> right? And this, this also was um, dated from November 2017 when he gave in 2018. Like, so f- and I think the curtains one was in around two grand. So this is a complete and utter mess. Like, I mean, this is a, a serious individual giving money and you have this joke uh, sending him stuff mm. like I mean how can you expect to get away with this this is a successful businessman you think you're going to let a few outdated receipts for curtains and he's, he's just going to go alright well I'm accepting this Embar- that's embarrassing yeah the county board uh, creative accountant wasn't too creative there now putting in those receipts but I, I think it's fairly eye opening when you see that um, that level of investment goes into an inter-county team like I think that it has been documented and, and we, you know the GPA, etc., and players have tried to raise the awareness around actual costs that go into running an inter-county team. But for that level of investment to come in from a private investor is is quite amazing when you think of the revenue that's involved in the GEA and that that's required for a team to challenge the dubs. Like that's There's something fundamentally wrong with that approach, if you ask me. Um, and if that's the approach we have to take, I have to start getting in touch with some of the successful businessmen from Westmead to get myself a new set of curtains. Uh, but, <laughs> well, you, you know, have to do that anyway. Like Jim McGuinness went on the road. Well, but it's, it's like embarrassing a sale, nearly. Like as a, a salesman. As an organisation, you know? would that not be deemed quite embarrassing that they have to go and look for money to, to fund these teams for our own competitions? Can that not be done internally? Is there something, is there something missing? But also, on the other hand, it's funny how they had no business plan put in place. That this money was just given 
without any stipulation beforehand. You know, maybe there was that we're not hearing of it, but surely that if you were giving someone... if you The stipulation Woolley, was to pay, t- that the money was to go to the senior team, and I suppose it was given in good faith. That would surely be the, there'd be, he, he would have looked to see, you know, you can't, it's very hard to ask someone retrospectively, show me what you gave, what you spent that yeah. money on. Well, know? I know county boards, I'd have given it straight to James Horan. Like he, I think he was naive at the start, mm. you know, like, I mean, um, and didn't really know maybe how unprofessional the Mayo County Board were and like the, the proof of their unprofessionalism is in these receipts you know pretty yeah, well, much they're volunteers you know I'm not sure how many full time staff that the Mayo County Board have um, you know around the country there could only be one or two people that are involved in you know full time in the County Board like you know never mind coaches etc but full time and they're giving this amount of money to okay easy give to James Horn as you said but that's not the way it goes in County Boards and you know that that there's these people who are volunteers who are working and next thing in the evening they have to make up their mind of what to do with this money. Like there's, there's, a, there's a fundamental issue with, with that story. Yeah, yeah, no, okay, fair enough. I didn't really, it is true when I'm talking about professionalism, they are volunteers, you know, and maybe they're not, look, if, but at the same time, if they're given 150 grand to spend on the senior team, yeah. spend it on the senior team. You know, that's the way I would, I would look at it. I don't think volunteers, um, you know, should get away with not spending it the way it was requested, you know, just because they're not professionals. The, finally here, uh, John, the betting has been suspended on Tommy Conroy. Now, Paddy Power, our sponsors, I don't know, is this a stunt from Paddy Power, but apparently there would, there would be no strangers to a bit of publicity, uh, Paddy Power. And uh, they've suspended the betting on Tommy Conroy. This comes as a huge shock to me. Now, you don't know what to read into it. This is just mm. some money has come in for Tommy Conroy. And Stephen Cluxton shot in from 33 to 1 to 9 to 1 to be uh, manager. I don't know. I just thought Desi Farrell was sewn up for this. And I think, I think Pat Gilroy won't want it. I think Desi Farrell has had all these players at underage. They respect him. They like him. I think anybody else outside of that is a big risk. I think Tommy Conroy won an All-Ireland club with Vincent's and won Leinster titles. I just don't think he has the standing in the game to take over that dressing room. Imagine him walking into these fellas, a five in a row team of legends and mm. Jesus, you know. Yeah, but there is an element to it as well. that I genuinely believe that the lad, the Dublin lads have developed under Jim Gavin so much that there wouldn't be that element of, well, who's this guy to tell me what to do? I really... I really don't think there, there right. would be that. But what if he tries to move some of them on, you see? Because the well, new manager is going to have to mm-hmm. build for the future. So will Philly McMahon, like you have to put your own stamp on it. You know, with Philly McMahon, who else is there? Kevin McManaman. Will you start going, moving these lads on and try to make it? A, like Desi Farrell might do that as well. You don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look, sure. Uh, you know, as a new manager comes into any any walk of life, be it sport or professionally, that, you know, there's things, things do change. But because they have such a good template there in place that... Uh, you you know you'd, you'd be saying it'd be silly to nearly change it too much like you know but I'm sure you know as you said Desi Farrell had those lads um, I think a few of them have, have put out pictures of working with Desi Farrell in the past as well like and he knows them so well as you said um, that he you, you know you would have thought that he'd be he'd be the right man to step into it but um, I don't know it'd be interesting to see who gets it yeah no it definitely will right we'll come back with Paddy Power performance of the weekend can't touch this this. A few weeks later, they played Phil Kenny below in Nolan Park. The same year. And oh, they were being hockey. But the camera went in and said, oh, there was a fellow warming up. Jesus, you should see him. Yeah, that fuck. He was massive. Legs, ass, belt. But I burst out laughing watching him. <laughs> there he was, the epitome of what I said. I told you, homeboy. You can't touch this. 
Paddy Power performance of the weekend, John. We mentioned Sean Gannon. He was outstanding yesterday. The only blot was one he put in the goalkeeper's hands. I thought that was going over because he was a really good left foot, but sco- still scored two points from play and was involved in anything really good that Aero... Himself and Jordan Morrissey, if we're being honest, they're their two best county men and they do stand stand out, don't yeah, they, for definitely. them? Yeah, definitely. No, the two lads, the two lads really led led the line for them for Airog. Um, definitely, they're both mid, they're both they both started with the both started in midfield as well. Jordan Mercy started the game with a huge hit on Brian Bobbitt. It was just yeah. after the throw in, and it was a great hit, yeah. and it kind of set the tone for the whole game because, like, it was a hard hitting game. Those games generally are in conditions like that. You know, it's easier yeah. surround forwards and stuff. But uh, they definitely stand out. Another player on the Aero team I thought was outstanding was Jordan Lowry. He he marked Ross McGarry, who had been in very good form. And he was very good form in the county final um, as well. And he was out in front of him, out beside him, just getting a hand in. He, he was picked number five and went back into the corner. And it's unusual for a wing back to mm-hmm. enjoy marking as yeah. much as he did. Maybe he was a corner back underage or something and went out into the wing. But I don't know. I je- definitely didn't enjoy cornerback play the same way he seemed to like it. Um, Conal Keeney uh, we've, we've spoken to him already on the show like I mean he got taken off uh, towards the end wasn't happy about it like I mentioned uh, to him I think when you get to a certain age you're you're toast after 50 minutes <laughs> 45 minutes anyways um, Shane Clayton full back uh, for for Ballyboden was very good too anyone else stand out for you? I think you've, you've, you've mentioned them all there but I think that the day that it was in it it was very hard to pick just one guy to you know to, he was definitely the best the best lad in the pitch you know, yeah. because I think that both teams everybody really tried hard um, Defences were on top it's easy to say Cornerback cornerback number four for uh, Ballyboden Oh Dwan. Yeah like he, he was flying up the pitch everybody really gave it their all like you know and, and that's what you need for a Leinster final in those conditions so uh, look Declan O'Matany was very good too he for Ballyboden yeah, and yeah. He's, he must be 38 Yeah he's know? up there alright yeah 36 maybe or something like that but the performance of the weekend comes from the intermediate final on Saturday Captain uh, Matt O'Granger's captain Adrian Reid took the game by the scruff of the neck according to his manager um, in the first half when Maddock Rangers were 7-2 down um, playing into the wind and he joins us on the line now so you took the game by the scruff of the neck Adrian that's nice to hear from your manager it was, yeah, Colin was great. I say he felt like taking me by the scuff of the neck for the first <laughs> twenty minutes, but um, <laughs> at least at least we got control of the game. And uh, look, it was just it was, a, it was a special moment for the club and and, and the parish. You know, it was just to be to be Leinster champions. You know, it was a super achievement. Yeah. So, like, I mean, there was a bit of a wind in it, so we don't overblow the first twenty minutes. But you were seven two down, and I suppose, like anything, even with a wind, if if Mullinavat get a goal at that stage, you know, you're looking in big trouble. Yeah, like I mean, between Kelly and, and Sean Kelly, um, the lads were just telling us to stay in the game, stay in the game. We were just completely overwhelmed by by Mullinavat and their, their their I guess their power, their powerhouses. Like you know, I just like, I was actually taught a lesson in in midfield by by Jerry Malone. For, for he was he was superb on the day. He was just untouchable, and they just kept driving at us. And just to be honest, you're probably right. They had two goal chances, didn't take any of them, and we just got it. We just kept in the game, and we just started. You know, tagging off a few scores here and there, and we were going in a point there in a half time. Was it was just a, a massive lift for us, you know, with a strong breeze in the second half. Yeah, yeah, and you were able to push on from there. I, w- I was actually surprised um, when I saw Maddock Rangers because, like my my football club career would have spanned a time when Maddock Rangers were winning county senior titles in Louth, and you won four in the noughties 
And to be honest, I hadn't noticed she had gone back down to intermediate, but almost like Tullerone, you went down, we spoke to Porrick Walsh last Monday, you went down in 2015 and struggled for four years to get back out of it. Yeah, like it's it's a dog fighting intermediate, and you know it's very competitive there. Like we 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 have league league football is, is disconnected from the championship, so we're playing Division One football along with another five teams that play intermediate championship. So it's it's just a dog fight to get out of there. And like for four years, we, we were beaten in the final and two semi finals, and you know the teams that bet us went on to win it. But it was just uh, it's it's just very hard to get out there. And, and you know we're a small village. We we've had a, a golden a golden era where we just had you know some really great players. And it's very hard for other players to break into the team. And you know, once those guys retire, they're probably left with a ten-year void there. We we have players that just weren't getting games and you know we're just we just luckily enough we've a new generation coming through and, and they've been excellent Right so that's it so you've had a fresh injection of players there's still a, a few of you hanging around from the older era as well That's it they'll be doing well to get rid of us too tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're no, no, plan, no plan of leaving yet <laughs> Yeah you've Leinster champions now anyways like I mean you mentioned Maddock is just a little village club and we were talking on the show here it seems to be like the year of the village club Boris Ali won Munster Maddock Rangers yourselves won Kilku won Temple No won Tullerone won and maybe a bit of a push calling Corrafin a village the, the, it is a village but it has a bigger catchment area but like I mean I don't know what it is about village clubs this year but the, the kind of community spirit and that uh, kind of togetherness seems to be pushing through yeah absolutely I can't, I can't speak for the other villages but like certainly from our, from our own case like it's it's always been a close knit team like yeah, I just look at last night we were out celebrating and you're you know you've your arm around the chap who's, who's studying for his leaving cert and, and on the other side then you've like the your brother or, or, or Mike English be the goalkeeper who are you know are near, near enough the, the the latter side of of the thirty so coming close to the forty than they are um, thirty and uh, you know you just you, you kind of realise what what a small village is all about and it, it's just that that sort of family spirit you know and and, and that togetherness and it, it definitely helps like once you have that as a team you go a long way. Yeah, I suppose the, the celebrations go crazy in little villages because the local policeman is probably in on the lock-in uh, along with everybody, <laughs> along with everybody else. <laughs> he, 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 play, he plays with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're laughing. So, I, I hear you're a dab hand at the piano as well. Your, your party piece is Piano Man. I'm not sure any pubs, any village, village pubs have pianos in them. Ah, listen, we brought the piano in yesterday, but it was just, it was a bit too wild. It'll be, it'll be submerged in water if I bring, if I start bringing it out here today. So we, we leave that for another day. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the party trick, party trick on the side. You get a good crack out of it. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so I hear, so I hear. So talk to us about Niall Callan uh, taking over. So he's obviously an ex-player who would know an awful lot of, a lot of you very well. And that's a difficult thing to do, obviously, come in and manage teammates, you know, our ex, ex-teammates. Yeah, and I know it wasn't something that sad easy with him. He, he, he probably had to, to think about it, and you know he, he did have to. You know he wasn't sure was it was it the right thing. Sometimes that worked out for you, and, and, and others then you know it can backfire. But Caddy's Caddy's a really good approach with lads. He's, he's, a, he's an excellent man manager, and, and in the modern game, it's all about being able to manage players. And you know I, I, I was fully confident when, when Caddy was taking over that you know we, we had the right man at the, at the wheel. Um, and he's he's been brilliant. He's just given us that bit of leadership to maybe maybe just that bit of responsibility to you know 
like we were we were really struggling there against Mullen Levat at seven two, and you were just saying where where are the scores going to come from, and how are we going to how are we going to stop this this onslaught that they were bringing to us, and you know we figured it out on the pitch, like you know it's, it's guys are saying stay in it, but we, we figured it out, and we've been given that kind of responsibility to you know that that trust that we will find a way to to to, to open you know to break down teams, and you know the, the guys have to take a lot of credit for that. Yeah, he he had a comment there saying that um in the pre in the previous few years trying to get out of intermediate, he says they were just lacking something or not playing as Mattock should play. What what did he mean by that? Like, um, did you... Um, oh, look, traditionally, I suppose, we, we would have always been seen as a, as a football inside. Um, you know, our, our first year we won the championship, we, we, we probably played, we got to the, the Leinster senior final that year and we played some of the best football, you know, that, that, that the club has ever seen. Very attacking style and it's always been, it's always been our way and Maybe the last few years, you know, we had we had John Kennedy from uh, down from Glen and down, and he brought a new a new approach to it. Just you know, we, we the last couple of years we felt like we've been leaking a lot, and um, you know, we no, no problem going forward, but we were leaking a lot of defence. And he brought in a completely um, different structure where you know it was it was it was a case of maybe two two forwards and everyone was behind the bat uh, behind the, the ball, yeah. um, and like anything, it just wasn't met probably with. with um, it wasn't met with, a, with you know a great response. I suppose the supporters weren't just weren't happy with the way we were playing. So, um, from from the from the team's point of view, you know we we probably learned so much out of those two years, and you know, the, the guys might get any much credit for that, but they they have to take a lot of satisfaction. I'm sure in seeing us win yesterday because they had a part to play in that as well. You know, right, right. I've shown you what way not to play. Um, I think I think we always felt that we were, we were good attacking side and we had the forwards there yeah. to, to, to do it and you know we've we've, we've you know kicked two seventeen in the in the semi final we kicked one was it one fourteen there on, on Saturday so you know it's just certainly you know attacking attacking football certainly suits us better yeah no, I I I knew where you were going with that when you said we got a manager from down <laughs> that that was kind of but it is true though <laughs> it, it, it is kind of true though Adrian like so many teams now are going with the two forwards and everybody else get back and there's a huge reluctance to kick it to the two lads that are down there and sometimes when they do kick it to them they're isolated and there's not enough support and surely there's a better balance than that you know like which he obviously found this year like without risking something you can't score there's a, there has to be a risk you know that's what good players do to take chances and they risk something for something better to happen yeah, look, a lot of it's down to, you know, it, it's very, you get very comfortable when you start playing sweepers and no one takes responsibility because there's always, oh, we have, we have someone covering that place, we have someone covering that position and then you're, you're kicking the ball up to two men and it's very hard to support that play, like, unless yeah. you've got, unless you've got two guys who can, who can run, you know, a kilometre in under three minutes, you're going to struggle to get, to get someone who can just get up and down the field and support those two two inside forwards plus you need them to be strong and, and to be able to hold the ball up and it, it does it's, it's draining on, it's draining when you're playing it's like you know you, you, like, like anything when you're manager there you buy into it 100% but it, it definitely does get. It's, it's, we just we just got tired by the end of the year, and you know making those runs became a lot harder to do. Um, you know, whereas we've probably been a bit more offensive this year, and, and the supporters there, lads are willing to make the runs, and you're, you're willing to get back, and that bit of more a bit of a squeeze on on you know a bit accountability more so. Like you're you're 
you know, you, you've got a marker, you've got a man that you need to mark, and it's your responsibility to that he doesn't get, you know, that he doesn't impact on the game, and that's that's the approach we've been taking. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it, it um, does make sense. There's no there's no hiding place then, and you you know that's that's that makes perfect sense to me. You mentioned yeah. you mentioned your brother David. Um, he scored seven yesterday, five from play. He was there in 2 so he's been he's been on the go a while. And I saw a lovely little stat that the last time uh, Maddock won the Intermediate Championship was in 1982 and your late father Damien Reid who was obviously a brilliant player um, with Loud he was captain so that, that's a lovely little you know continuation of the Reid uh, family Yeah look it's a, it's a lovely personal you know personal achievement and personal touch to it and um, you know and it, that's, that's, that's the way we'd look at it I mean it's, it's from our point of view, it's not about it's not about individuality. It's, it's just about the team and, and you know doing doing whatever you can for, for the team. And that's that's the way we've always been. That's the way we, we were, oh, would have always been taught how to play football by by my father and, and you know myself and, and David might have got a lot of credit this year. But I mean, like we'd be the first people to say it that you know that the whole team collectively have been just super this year. You know, yeah. And, and it's not over yet. No, no, it's definitely not over yet because you have um, you, you've got an all in semi final. To look forward to, yeah, I know you're going to the to the schools. You're probably not too many schools in Maddox Rangers to do the rounds. I'm not going to keep you um, any longer. I'm going to let you go. How many schools do you have to head off to? Oh, just the one today. Just the one. Thankfully, I don't know. There's a few boys now that might struggle to do more than one. <laughs> the way that the shape they're in, but uh, no, it's look, it's, it's great. I like, you know, we're playing like there's just there's, there's one of the guys there on the team and. You know, like the, half of the team that have come into the, you know to come into the panel this year, like we were we were visiting them back in the in the noughties with, with with cups, and you know to just the success breeds success, and, and they're they're now returning the favour. They're now just breeding, you know, bringing the cup down to the next generation. You know, we had one one of the guys, Oshie McKenna, in two thousand and five. I was holding his hand, walking around in a parade, and then to be to be playing alongside him, it's just it's, it's actually great to see, and very fulfilling, you know. Yeah, no, it sounds absolutely fantastic. Right, come here, I'll let you go on to that school there now. I know it's one o'clock that you, you have to go there. Take it easy. Adrian, thanks very much for talking to us. Congratulations. Same, Colin. All right, great stuff from Adrian there. That's all we've time for this week. We will be back on Thursday with another show and we'll talk to you then. Good luck. The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first goal scorer bet gets a goal. And when I started running, I suppose I didn't stop and when I got the chance to go, I said I'd stay going, so... Up. We're only the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know, and it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Waterford today because, like, I, I'm heartbroken. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.